Hey everybody, welcome to episode 45 of Two Views Movies Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. Today is Equalizer 2 Day. Equalizing again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't see Equalizer 1, it's basically Denzel Washington is an ex-JA guy. Yeah. And... Retired. Retired, retired, but active. (laughs) Active on the side. But basically, he becomes a vigilante in this movie. That's all you really need to know. He starts out by being a Lyft driver who then goes around and starts taking on, like, good job. What am I trying to say? Yeah. uh, The first... Help people out. Help people out. But the first movie, he was retired. And it was out of the life and then got sucked back in, you know, and then started helping people because he he could. Yeah, he helped... he helped Chloe Grace Moritz. She hey, girl. Was, yeah, she was a, a prostitute and got caught up in some bad stuff. So he started helping her, but he also helped people at the people Home at, Depot. At the Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a continuation of that. But but he was out of it. He was out. Yeah. And so in this movie, so my thoughts, and we talked about in the preview, is that he they were just going to jump right back in. He's now back in. He's now doing. He's now equalizing stuff. Right. And we can just. Pick it up and and run. Yes, and especially because it's it's the same director, right? Antoine yeah. Fuqua, who's worked with a whole bunch, and we've already got we got a few new characters in the mix, but we we're bringing back a few of the people that like his CIA contact is back, and so you, Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman's the husband of the CIA contact, and yeah. that's, I think that's Melissa Leo who plays that. But yeah, I mean, you're right. There was really no need to kind of reset everything, which they did. Yeah, they did. I mean, so well, they they start off in Turkey, yes, on a train, and he's looking for a little girl who her dad took from her mom, and he finds them on the train, and the guy's looks like a a bad, <laughs> yes. a bad guy, yes. But let's just let's just frame this up. the The guy took his daughter, his own daughter, and Denzel shows up on the train murders all of his friends and then uh brings the daughter back yeah but <laughs> they they give a little bit more there's a like a one-liner or two-liner there about uh, why the dad wanted the daughter he's like because denzel says something about like uh you know because they're having a little sit down at the bar and he's yeah. like you know what kind of guy only wants his daughter to do blah 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 no it's he he took it to hurt his wife he something took the daughter like that, yeah. but it's like that's that's the wife's perspective and Yes, he looks like a bad guy, and he's hanging around a bunch of guys who are, you know, that look like they're Turkish mafia. I don't yeah, know. it's something like that. <laughs> and Denzel just immediately murders them. And so I, I, <laughs> yeah. just, I just think the whole thing just escalated very quickly yeah. from, from what this scenario was. They started it. He was just sitting there minding his own business, and they were, <laughs> they were coming after him. He was just trying to get the daughter back. Yeah, but again, it was his daughter. It would have been much better had she been kidnapped or something. Yeah. But it was his daughter. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. You know, given and so anyway, but it was it was a really cool scene of him fighting these guys. But I was like, wait a second. Yeah, <laughs> he just murdered that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that happens when you step to Denzel. That's true. And so he does this this thing where he starts his watch before he fights people. 
Which and is the, a carryover from the first movie. From the first movie. They've never really explained what he's doing. Um, yeah, they, they kind of do in the first movie. So I watched this, the first movie, before I watched this one. Okay. They don't, like, ever actually, like, come out and verbatim explain it. But they give you hints that he's, one, more perceptive than most people, and two, he's kind of got OCD. Well, we, we figure that he has OCD. He always lays out his napkin and, yeah. and everything in a certain way. And, and there's certain, like, ways that he locks his door right. and stuff. So I, I think what we're led to believe from the first movie is that because one, before one of the first fights in the first movie, they show him thinking about the fight. They zoom into his eye, and he visualizes, like, what weapons everybody had, where they're at in the room, all that stuff. And then, like, in the first movie, he kind of mumbles to himself. He's like, this should be about 16 seconds. So then when he goes to fight, he starts his watch. And when he gets done, he tries to see how close. Like, the first fight, he says something like 16 seconds, and then he gets done, and it's like 29 seconds. So he, he makes a comment about how he was off or miscalculated or something like that so did they really i I don't remember mm -hmm. that in the first one yeah and so i've always always wanted him to make that little quip yeah so we knew what he was doing but i don't i don't remember him doing that. i think he does it in the very first fight scene that he does it he he talks about i don't know if he says i'm I'm rusty or i think there was some reason maybe that he delayed stopping his clock or something like that but the idea is i don't like the zooming in of the eye i think that's really cheesy yeah but which they did again in this yes but i think the point is that he can visualize how the fight's supposed to go down i think it's their way of saying like this is how he's able to do the things that he does he can visualize everybody in the room and where where their weapons are and how he's going to use them and stuff and then he comes up with a time that he thinks it'll take to do it. And if they addressed it in the first one, I'm fine with him not addressing in this one, but I didn't remember that from the first one. I just remember him always doing the watch. Yeah. And it's like, I wanted him to say, well, I'm getting slower. Or or, <laughs> yeah. or, or, or like you said, I mean, that was, that was perfect. If that's what he said, this should take about 16 seconds, you know, and it, it not, or it did or whatever. Yeah. They don't in this one. Right. And so, but, but I'm okay. I'm all, I've always said, if you haven't seen the first one, that's your fault. You know, <laughs> if, yeah. if you don't get some, so that's, so that's on me. You're you know, right. I have seen it, but I just don't remember that. So that's, that's perfectly on me. Yeah. So he basically for the first, like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. Like he, he's taking odd jobs. He's a Lyft driver. And if he comes across somebody in need, he helps him out. Right. One girl that they show in the trailer, you know, had been thrown in there by a bunch of corporate guys, and she clearly, I think, had been raped and stuff. And he she took was her. an intern. Yeah, she, they took her. He took her to a hospital, and then he goes back and confronts those guys and beats them up, destroys them. Yeah, but then there's like this side plot going on where his friend, who's still in the CIA, goes and researches some crime and gets killed, and then he wants to avenge her. I mean, simply put, that's all that really happens. Right. Well. So that's part of it. And the other part of it is there's this kid at his apartment complex that he's trying to keep from being a drug dealer. Right, which is essentially the same as the first movie with Hit Girl and trying to prevent her from continuing to be a prostitute. Yes, but in the first movie, that's the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yes. In in this movie, it's almost two movies. Yes. And so I I wanted them to to pick a plot. And so that's my... One of my gripes about this is they have this whole CIA, you know, I'm, I'm avenging my friend plot, but then they also have this, all these drug dealers, and I'm trying to save this kid going down this way. Yeah. And for him to be doing them both at the same time, you know, it just it's just weird. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think they were just trying to make it more not just your straight action movie. I think they felt like the the pieces from the first movie that made Denzel let him act a little bit more and show you know, that this guy's got another side to him besides just a killing machine. I think they wanted to keep that in there to kind of differentiate themselves. So yeah, the people that really, really liked the first movie, I mean, this one's pretty much a carbon copy 
of it. It's just you, you've, like you said, you've kind of splintered the plot a little bit, but it's still in essence you're getting Denzel action scenes and you're getting like the good guy Denzel who's trying to help people in the neighborhood kind of thing. Well, and I do think the best parts of this movie was him interacting with that kid, you yeah, know, and and not the CIA side. You know, again, like you said, him uh, acting. Right. I, th- I thought th- those are the best acting scenes. Yeah. You know, for the movie, and if they just kept it along those lines, you know, and maybe save the CIA stuff for <laughs> Equalizer Three, you know, right. but you, you didn't need it for yeah. for what they're. You could have done the whole movie with him and drug dealers, you know, not on that side. Opposed yeah. The Russian mob. Now you have. You know, inner city drug dealers. Right. Because him and the kid had like pretty good rapport with each other. It's the kid from, from Moonlight who's in it. Um, one of the, uh, the middle-aged kid. But yeah, him and Denzel, I thought, played great off of one another. And yeah, you're not going to get to see Denzel act when he's going and beating up guys. I mean, and Denzel is a great actor. So you get to see him finally be Denzel when he's dealing with, you know, teaching the kid a lesson about life and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I was really liking the old man Denzel vibe that he was given. So <laughs> in the action scenes, I will say, though, that they were pretty sparse throughout. And that was kind of the same with Equalizer 1. There's just, there's not a lot of action. It's not a straight action movie. They're both pretty slow movies. They are. That's a, that's a definitely fair. They're, I, I, you know, when they, when they talk about like spy procedurals, it's kind of the way, it's a nice way I think of saying that like, it's a boring spy movie. Is basically <laughs> how the layman could interpret that. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say this is like an assassin procedural movie where he's an assassin. He goes around killing people, but it's. It's not like John Wick or Atomic Blonde where there's a lot of action. It's it's mainly focusing on the stuff in between the action. It's just the action happens every so often. And again, I think that comes down to the marketing piece of it too. Yeah. Is you're expecting action movie because you've seen all the action pieces in the trailer. You know, it's like it's only action in the trailer of Denzel's off the hook type of thing. Now he's right in into it now and he's killing. Yeah, you know, and then. Two hours later, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, you know, I was just, and, and they start you off with it, so you think it's just gonna pick up the pace and just just go, which yeah. I was excited for, and it, it didn't. Yeah, I, I agree, but it, it it really is very much just like Equalizer One. It, I mean, at a whole, there might be some small differences, but at a whole, it, it's all kind of the same thing, which yeah is kind of what I expected going into it. The only other wrinkle we got in the movie was we have the introduction of a, a partner that he used to have. And then, and they, I guess the partner didn't even realize Denzel was alive. Cause that was the secret that only Melissa Leo knew. But once she yeah. dies and he starts exploring, he reveals himself to his former partner and Oberyn Martell. Yeah. If you, if you've ever watched any or enough action movies, <laughs> the reuniting of a former partner is, is just, <laughs> It's always, it just happened in Skyscraper. Just having a Skyscraper, just have a mission. Well, I guess it wasn't a former partner in Mission Impossible. It's a new partner. It's a new partner. Yeah. The, the, the double agent. Right. You know, it's but, same retread, yeah. you know, and so, and, and I had the same thoughts I did in this as I did in Mission Impossible, which I saw this one first, was keep Oberyn good. Yeah. That will be the twist. That yep. will be the twist that I wouldn't expect is you don't have him be a double agent. Right. You know, just keep him good. <laughs> and lo and behold, you know, phone rings and he's he's the bad guy. Right. Like, gosh dang it. Yeah, you, know, you knew is, it was going to go there. It, it happens. It's just so, <laughs> so stereotypical. And, and we should say that 
we're calling him Oberyn Martell because that was his name in Game of Thrones. It's Pedro Pascal. He's been in a lot of stuff. But, but that's the only thing he should be known for <laughs> sure. is, is the Red Viper. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was painfully obvious. And then then the movie becomes, I mean, from that point on, I did think the confrontation of Denzel and Pascal at his house was good. I mean, the phone ring was kind of cheesy, but when they walk out in the street and then Denzel realizes that it's his whole former team that he used to be a part of is now basically they're mercenaries for hire. Right. And Denzel doesn't like that. I like where he, uh, you know, you think stuff might go down, but Pedro Pascal's family is there. So Denzel like picks up this kid and is like, come on now, give me a ride back to the airport. Well, he asks her to give his wife to give yes. him a ride back. And then his daughter who he's never met runs up to him and jumps in his arms. Yeah. So I'm like, mm, that's weird. Yeah. Well, I think she ran over to him and he like picked her up. No, she jumped at him. Oh, did she? Yeah, because I thought that was really yeah. weird. But <laughs> I, was, was, I was like, she, they've never actually met. But that was one of those where it's like, that's that's smart. Like, you don't want to, I mean, not like they were going to shoot you in front of the in, wife in and everything. Yeah. But yeah, but like to use the kid as a human shield was just smart. Yeah, <laughs> I, I liked the, the, can you take me to the airport? Yeah. You know, because he's not going to do that around his wife. But the other thing I was thinking was, so I wondered if there, so nobody on his team cared that he was alive and they were all prepared to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, so nobody had any remorse whatsoever. It's just, you know, well, well hard assume... mil- mercenaries now. So, oh, you're you're <laughs> you're you're our team leader. You know, we all loved each other as brothers, and you're back alive. None of them seemed to care that he was back alive. No, but I assume that like off camera, Pedro Pascal knew that he was back and knew he was going to be researching what had happened. So he had probably already told his team, like, hey, he's alive. He's going to be coming after us kind of thing. <laughs> right? I mean, th- that would make the most sense. So don't seem happy when you see him. Or <laughs> right. shocked. Yeah, don't say hi. <laughs> yeah. So obviously the, the whole rest of the movie becomes about the former team trying to get Denzel. And at one point, the uh, boy who he's befriended it shouldn't say boy. I mean, he's like 18, 20, something like that. He's still, in high, he's still in high school. Is he? Okay. Because he tells him to go to school. Okay. So yeah, he, he I wouldn't know if it was high school or college. I couldn't remember. Either way, he gets caught a little bit in the crossfire because he's overpainting Denzel's apartment when the hit squad comes in to get him, which I thought was a fine scene. You know, Denzel's guiding him, telling him where to go. And Denzel, of course, has a safe room he's behind a, a two-sided a mirror, yeah. behind a bookcase. <laughs> but the part that drove me insane was... The kid's on the phone with Denzel, which I didn't have a problem with because, like, you could, you know, turn the volume down and hear Denzel. But he starts talking to Denzel, and he's talking, mm-hmm. like, too loud. And Denzel even told him to be quiet. Once he goes in here, be quiet. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what's going on? You know, and Denzel's like, shut up. These yeah. are, and I was I was waiting for Denzel to say, you know, it's okay. They can't hear you. It's a soundproof, yeah. soundproof room or something for that like that. Too. But he, did, he kept saying, be quiet. Yeah. And they're walking around, and he can see them, and... I, the kid keeps talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I I was just cringing the whole time that was going on because like that. It's just at least have him whisper or something. And but the other thing was the button to get into the secret room. It glowed. It was it was weird that it was glowing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's you, not very secret. Yeah. I mean, at all. you have to move the book to see it, but then it's it's glowing like LED blue. Do, yeah, you think that they did it and people were like I can't see the <laughs> we can't see it on film. We can't see the button. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. So I mean, they came the, back and they they're probably like, let's make it obvious. Yeah, but yeah, I did think the scene was pretty intense when Pedro Pascal's looking through the two way mirror and he's like he breathes on it and then draws a smiley face and is pointing the gun and it's like right at the kid like i was like oh man that's a little intense that's a cool scene yeah but in the end the team walks out 
then the boy walks out and then of course they're waiting in the hallway for him right and they keep they take him hostage because they know they're going to confront denzel and then they have a bargaining chip to not even a bargaining chip right they just have something to hang over denzel's head with the boy and then they magically know where he's going to go because he there's a hurricane coming well there's a hurricane (laughs) but he he sees a painting of the beach and Denzel's house, he's like, I know where he's going because he's going to go back to the beach house he's that him and his wife owned. Owned seven years ago before yeah. they both died. Yes. But then you're right. They they had been talking like throughout the movie, there's like news cuts of like a storm coming. And I had been hearing it and I was like, what are the, okay, so this is what's going to happen in the end. And yes, they, they decided to all go I fight. I don't remember the news cuts. <laughs> yeah, it, it was there. Like there was little news cuts of like uh, the, the storm coming in. Storm of the century. I something. hope they said that. Did they say that? <laughs> I don't know. It was something like that though. <laughs> but yeah, so they all go meet up for a showdown at Denzel's old, well, I guess current house, but old house that he used to have with his wife that he hasn't been to in seven years. It's almost like a, an Island town yeah. that's, that's been evacuated because of the storm. Right. Like an East coast, you know, Northeast beach house kind of town. Yeah. Not, not like Florida, Sandy beach, like Maine, something like that. Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, the, the whole end confrontation was so bad. This is the second Equalizer movie where I thought the end confrontation sucked. I didn't like the one in Home Depot. I thought that was dumb and Home Alone-ish. And this was the same thing. I mean, it, like, literally the same thing. The, the first one was much better than this one. This this was bad. Yeah, I think the, the first one benefited from having a realistic premise of, I'm in the hardware store and I need to find ways to kill guys. This was, we're running around, like, two city blocks of a storm and... So the the part that gets me is, so Denzel basically lures them there. Yeah. Uh, he knows they're coming. He has time to go to Kinko's and print off all the pictures of the dead CIA agent. Right. You know, his friend that they killed. And he puts them all over one wall of one house in this village, in this whole town. He just, he litters one wall, one wall of their pictures for them to walk by. But he doesn't find a gun. You know, this is his whole plan is to lure them there. Yeah, at his old house, he never had a stash of guns. And never had a gun. And so all he he found was a harpoon gun. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then he just waited for this guy to come through, see these pictures and get, you know, you you murdered her, you know, to remind you of why Denzel is killing you. And then shoots him with a harpoon gun. And he home alone some things. Like he took flour or baking powder and threw it into a fan and like (laughs) like caused it to be, I, I don't know. It was just not good. Like it. It wasn't even cool. Had he thrown hubcaps? <laughs> well, in the effects of the storm were very hurricane heist. Oh, it, it truly looked like it came from hurricane yeah. heist. Well, and Pedro Pascal, who's like the ringleader, he just goes and sits up on a tower the whole time. And it's entirely worthless. Like, he barely can't even see him. And then when he does see him, he can't shoot him. And he's just watching <laughs> his teammates die. And then, of course, I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, at some point, Pedro's going to come down from this tower, right? There's no way they're going to do something so stupid where... Denzel somehow makes it all the way up this tower. I know it's indoors, but like without Pedro knowing. But it was in the trailer, so we knew they were going to fight at the top. <laughs> it was just, it, it was just really, really dumb. But, but did you notice at the top, the top of the tower when they're fighting, they didn't show Denzel once. Yeah, they did. I felt that they showed him not when they were fighting. Oh, I don't know if it was when they were fighting. They definitely showed him though, because they zoomed out and showed both of them. Yeah, but it was like I, I feel like. They were lazy man stunt doubling Denzel there. They very well could have. I was I was really kind of tuned out on that because I was like, this is a, this is already so bad on, <laughs> on the last fight. I mean, because I actually didn't mind most of the movie up until that point, but the ending was so bad. I was just like, eh. and he, he's shooting, 
he's shooting his sniper rifle at a trunk to where the, the kid's being held. <laughs> yeah. And, and he tells them how many bullets he has. Did he? And so like, he goes, like, I have five bullets and this next one's going right, to be I, his. I, well, I think or, you said, I'm giving you five shots or something like that. Or I'm then, giving you five seconds or something like that. And then the last shot, Denzel shoots the tire out of the car so it changes the shot. Yes. And it's like, so he knows that he's out of bullets now. That he can't shoot the trunk again? I guess. <laughs> like, like, Denzel was just waiting for that last bullet. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it was just, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the whole, the whole scrap, scrap the whole thing. Yeah. The, the ending, that, that was a miserable idea from the get go. There's nothing good about the ending at all. It, it just really, it's, it's the second Equalizer movie in a row where it, if the ending had been a lot better than it was, I might have walked away thinking the whole movie was better than it was. But when you end on that kind of note, both times are like, oh, just average. Yeah. The uh, the part that we didn't talk about was, was the plot line, which they should have, should have gone down, was Denzel is looking for the kid uh, who didn't go to school and was in the crack house. Mm-hmm. And so Denzel goes and equalizes some some crack dealers yeah, and just walks in and just, just beats the crap out of these yeah. guys. And, and that whole scene of him getting up to that room and getting him out and, and uh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and again, in true Denzel fashion, I felt like the aftermath of that in the elevator lobby, when he finally gets the boy and comes down and then he starts, ha- he starts getting on the kid for that. Mm-hmm. And he like grabs the kids because basically what was going to happen is the drug dealers were going to take that kid and they were going to go kill the guy who killed his brother. Right. So he was going to go kill somebody. And so Denzel confronts him. He's like, Oh, you a killer. And he like puts the gun to his head and starts challenging him and stuff, mm-hmm. which, which it's like old man Denzel talking sense to the young. I mean, right. that's, that's such a great scene. Right. No, absolutely. But yeah, the, and even you're right. The, the lead up to that. So both like the, the, the killing of the guys going up and then the aftermath of it where he's confronting the kid. That is a great scene right there. And part of what makes me think that like, oh man, it's a really good, not really good, but you know, a pretty good movie. But then you have crap like a hurricane heist finale that just makes me completely even forget that that scene happened. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the, you know, the whole Oberyn's plot line was just unnecessary. You could have just kept it small, you know, kept it in, in their, in their little city of him, you know, equalizing. And they didn't even, uh, like the part of the trailer where he says, "What do you do for a living?" Yeah, you know, it wasn't in there. It wasn't in there. I thought uh, that was, I was gonna like, be at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kept waiting for it. I was like, "Yeah, is it gonna be the very end where now that he's done and they've all and they're sitting out in a barbecue right in front of the new painting or whatever?" And they're like, "Oh, what do you do?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm a CIA killer." And like he laughs, and then the you know the the, the kid like winks at him or something <laughs> like you know, something cheesy. <laughs> this didn't go over well at all, right? <laughs> but. Ugh. Yeah, so I don't have a lot more to go on with, with Denzel. I thought Denzel was was really good in this. Yeah. I thought he was the only one that was, was worth anything in this. Right. Oberyn was okay, you know, but again, yeah. again, he didn't have much to work with, I think. It's kind of a mail-in movie. It's not something where you're going to, I mean, you're not going to see Equalizer 1 and expect greatness out of Equalizer 2. I mean, I... I I think Denzel might have been better in Equalizer 2 than Equalizer 1. Yeah. But that that speaks more to the non-action scenes than anything. Yeah, and I just think that they they could have made this one so much better because they didn't have to do all of the slow build-up parts. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of hoping for. They to jump right in and, and do it, but they, they decided to start from square one and just try to, again 
slow. It, yeah. It, it just felt really well, slow. The whole thing about him being a lift driver and helping people out was like the first 20 minutes ish. And you, you didn't need that. You know what this guy does. You yeah. know, he's a good guy. You know, he's got CIA skills. You don't need that. And I'm okay. So let's say you did just due to the drug dealer problem. Like that's the only plot line. And then you had little lift things on the side. Yeah. I'm okay with that being my whole movie. You know, and so you have the the side stuff of him helping people, kind of like the first one, right? Um, but you also have the main conflict with this gang that's trying to kill him and kill this kid. Yeah, you know, I I would have liked to see that, and you don't need CIA lady until until the third one, you <laughs> right. know, which they're making apparently. Oh God, okay, yeah, round up I mean, the trilogy. I, I think it made decent money, so whatever. Well, Denzel, anything people are going to go just yeah. his name alone. And... I didn't know this was the first sequel he's ever made. Really? Yeah. And I went back and looked, and it's true. He, he's never made a sequel to one of his movies before. Has he been in a sequel to a movie he wasn't in? Mm, I don't know. I'd have to look at that, but this is a, like a first for him. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting that it was this franchise. Yeah. Huh. All right, so let's run through this, get this over with. All right. What'd you rate it? Two and a half. Why? Denzel got it to a two and a half. <laughs> okay. It, it was on, on his shoulder. He makes it watchable. Yeah. And so he brings it to average. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Okay. Uh, favorite moment? Uh, the drug dealer scene where he's he's freeing the boy from the, the drug dealer's clutches. That whole, mm-hmm. that whole area there. Yep. One thing you would change? The plot. I'd cut out all the, the CIA, but if I was keeping it, I would uh, keep... Keep the Red Viper good. So yeah. Keep him on the good side. Theater or couch? Couch. And don't pay for this. Okay. Popcorn movie or art house film? This is a popcorn movie. Oscar or Razzie? It needs a Razzie for the ending <laughs> scene. <laughs> and if you liked Blank, you would like this movie. And I I didn't want to put Equalizer because I feel like it's it's worse than Equalizer. And so I wouldn't say that if you liked Equalizer, you'd like this one. And so I was trying to think of something a little bit worse, but <laughs> what you came uh, up with? Um, I went real bad, you know. And we we keep talking about Hurricane Heist, you know, and that's that's too far bad. That's too far bad. And uh, so I was I was somewhere in between there, but I couldn't quite get my. And I, I did land on Equalizer, but yeah, because it's it is so similar. But yeah, I it's, mean, it's worse. So if you like this one, you'll like the first one, right? But I don't think it necessarily goes the other way around. That's that's probably true. Maybe. So cop out, I'm gonna go go <laughs> go with that. Yeah. So what was your rating? I gave it a three. It was probably it was definitely more towards a two and a half than a three, but yeah, Denzel helped. And and that's what I feel about the first equalizer. Although I do think the first equalizer is slightly better. I, I think I gave that one a three, it was probably closer to a three and a half on the first equalizer. So three feels right. And your favorite moment? I did have the train fight scene, but I had completely forgot about the aftermath of the drug dealer scene. So when I when I heard you initially talk about the drug dealer scene, I thought about the lobby, not the thing. So I would actually say the lobby scene of the elevator or the, the drug dealer scene. Yeah, I lumped that all together. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. And uh, what would you change? Um, I would give, I, I would make Denzel be in jeopardy. Like at no point in this movie... Is he even close to being hurt, killed? I mean, I think he might get, like, punched or stabbed or something. But you know what I mean? Like, there's never a scene where you really think Denzel's going to lose something or 
you know, really be at risk. So it just, it always kind of sucks when you watch those movies. You're like, okay. I mean, that's a good point. Like he was pretty much invincible in any scene that he was in. Yeah. And only the kid was at risk. Yeah. I'm not even sure. Like thinking back to the, the final fight, I I don't know if he even got really, no, he had the upper hand the entire time. Yeah. So it's just kind of annoying when that happens. (laughs) Theater or couch movie? Couch. And like you said, for free. For free, yeah. I agree with you on the popcorn movie, and I agree with you on the Razzie, and I even agree with you on the Equalizer, because my take's the same. I mean, they're pretty much the same exact movie, given that one can be a little bit better done than the other. But I I do think that if you like Equalizer 1, I don't think you'll hate Equalizer 2. I think you might think it's slightly worse, like like you and I both did. But I don't th- I don't think you would hate it. They're just way too close to feel strongly about one and not strongly about the other. You know what I mean? Like you you should not be probably more than one star max away from each other on this, this movie. I, I agree with that. So I, I think it's fair to say if you you know if you like Equalizer, you'll like this. If you like Equalizer, you'll tolerate this one. <laughs> that, that's probably fair. <laughs> you won't hate this one. You won't is what hate I should it. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right. Well, that does it for Equalizer 2. As usual, check us out at twoviewsmovies.com. Talk to us on Facebook, but definitely go out to one of the podcast stores and rate us and leave us a review. We'll catch you next time.